Welcome to the Programmatic Digest, a podcast dedicated to review industry headlines and trends in the programmatic and digital ad tech world. I'm Ellen Parker, your host and Chief Programmatic Sensei of Ellen Parker Consulting, where we offer customizable training in programmatic media. This podcast has been sponsored by WorkReduce. If you want to reimagine how to work in advertising, check them out at workreduce.com forward slash careers. Welcome to the Programmatic Digest podcast. Everyone tuning in on YouTube and on your major podcast platforms. We have a special guest today from my favorite team at Basis, Jennifer Shane. How are you doing today? Good, Ellen. Thank you. I'm doing great. Nice sunny day as we discussed. So. Mm-hmm. I'm super excited about today's conversation because we're going to talk about three to four things we want everyone to remember when adopting programmatic advertising as a service, whether it's in-house, whether you're trading desk, whether you're just starting off as an agency. But before we got before we get into this sexy conversation, let's go ahead and have you introduce yourself. Tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about who who you are, what you do at Basis, but also like your journey to where you are now. Absolutely. Um, So again, my name is Jennifer Shane, and I'm the SVP of Customer Experience um, at Basis Technologies. Um, I've been at Basis now for 14 years. So um, (laughs) I've been so fortunate. Um, So I've been at Basis 14 years, but I've been in the digital space for just over 20 years. I was at AOL for just under nine years. I was in media planning and inventory, and that was in and of itself a phenomenal experience, you know, like the heyday of digital. Yeah. And then um, I joined Basis shortly after moving to Chicago, originally from New York. And I joined Basis at the time. It was Centro. We changed our name in October, but Centro. I, sorry, say that again. No, I was like, yep, Centro. Mm-hmm. Yep. I remember. I, remember. I joined. I joined Basis back in I think, late 2006, mm-hmm. and I joined in product. So I was taking my digital experience and applying it to this tech space where they were building at the time their solution focusing on my experience working for a vendor, a publisher, AOL. And I did that for about a year and a half working in product. And I got an unbelievable education in product development and all that goes into it. Um, But it wasn't necessarily, I kind of missed my operational chops and planning, Mm -hmm. media, And so I was offered a very unique opportunity by our CEO, Sean, and to help start a private ad exchange. So it was when ad exchanges were sort of up and coming. And so we created a private ad exchange called Central Brand Exchange. And I worked on that for about seven and a half, eight years. And we built it. We built this private exchange with with over 2,000 local publishers. And we had partners um, all over the country. It was a phenomenal experience. <laughs> and then as things started to change again, um, I, I was given another unique opportunity to help build our um, implementation process for new customers licensing basis. So now let's take a quick break to hear more about our sponsors. 
our sponsor, WorkReduce, is the secret weapon used by the market's top agencies and brands. Their specialist talent and media services help brands and agencies grow and scale faster. One of the fastest growing services offered by WorkReduce is their service desk. It provides flexible, on-demand media buying, ad operation, and analytics support. Many of the world's biggest brand and agencies use WorkReduce in time zone service desk as an extension of their in-house media team. With an easily deployable operation playbook, process automation, and a high quality reputation, their service desks will provide the expertise and precision to take your digital operation to the next level in 2022. Covering ad trafficking, campaign setup, QA, optimization, and campaign analytics, your internal resource focus on the activities that count the most while WorkReduce Service Desk takes care of the rest. Check out WorkReduce.com for more information on their ad operations service desk and tell them Ellen sent you. Now back to the episode. Uh, the team today, we cover basis demos. So part of my team, there are three functions within my team. There's BSI, which is basis solutions and implementation. Mm -hmm. um, and then we have onboarding and training. And then we have customer success. So the idea is that my team supports sales and works with the customer through every phase of the customer journey. Okay. As they license basis and sort of they are either newbies into this space, they are just sort of, they know it, but they're now sort of taking it in-house and, you know, hands-on keyboard, or they are very well-versed in the programmatic space and looking for new partners, capabilities, so on and so forth. I, I love that. Um, did, you, did you always want to work in advertising or marketing? Is that something you want to do? How does it start? How did you found your first, your first AOL job? That's interesting. Oh. Well, I started actually in traditional in um, okay. advertising. So oh, okay. the media works was my first job out of school um, and it was in television. So, but it's, it's so funny. I thought growing up, the only job I ever wanted was to be um, a news anchor. I wanted to be the next Diane Sawyer, Jane Pauley. Nice. And so in doing so, I only applied to one college at the time. I wanted to study broadcast journalism. So I went to Syracuse to study okay. broadcast journalism. <laughs> but that was, I thought I had every plan, everything planned out. That's the kind of person I am. I always plan ahead. Mm -hmm. Well, thank God that didn't happen for me. And thank yeah. God I had other avenue because I can't imagine doing anything other than what I'm doing today. Right. <laughs> it sounds crazy. It's like, you, you know, the best things in life, I can't remember. I know this is uh, so cliche, but it's, I think it's a Garth Brooks song. So I'm sure it's, a, you know, a normal saying. It's like, you know, the best, you know, the best, the best things in life come from the things that you never planned. Yeah. Or yeah, yeah. you didn't want. Absolutely. Yeah. I, my grandma used to tell us, like, actually, my best friend reminded me of this quote not too long, um, a couple years ago. She was like, tell God your plans and hear him laugh. And so it reminds me of what you just said, like, oh, yeah. I had a plan, God, like yeah. I had a plan, but yeah. you have another vision for me and I'm glad I totally. did follow you, right? <laughs> so this is really cool because 
Um, I, lo I love your journey. I think it's not very often that we get to meet somebody that's um, that's been working for a company for so long. And that's that's part of the conversation we're going to have today, like yeah. the amazingness of basis. Um, I mean, I think it says a lot about basis from a company perspective. And that's why I'm so excited to have you to have um, this conversation. So we're going to discuss like Based on your point of view, we're going to discuss like the three to four, two to three things about how to best adopt, um, what to look for when you are looking to adopt in programmatic, programmatic advertising as a service, I'm going to say. So you briefly walk me through some of that mm -hmm. at the beginning of our conversation. I was like, whoa, 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 this is too yeah. juicy. <laughs> Let's get into this. So the first okay. scenario is going to be, we talked about having somebody like the agency um, that maybe is just starting, don't know where to start. So let's talk about them. What are some things that they need to remember or they want to pay attention to when partnering in our industry? Because let's be honest, programmatic advertising is very, very, very tech and buzzword heavy. Yeah. So what are some things you can really simplify or maybe myth that you can bust when it comes to those for that scenario of the entry, entry level? I'm not gonna say entry level position. Entry, of entrant. Their first, first they want to get, they want to sort of see what programmatic is all about. There you yeah. go. Those people, so, those that's it. Right. These are people, businesses, companies, whatever you want to call them, who mm -hmm. are need to get into programmatic or want to for one of many reasons. They have a customer, so it may be an agency or somebody who doesn't do anything in digital. And so their clientele is asking about it. They're inquiring. So they feel, this company then feels inclined to say, okay, we're, we must be missing something. We want to help this company grow. So let's learn about programmatic. That's one of the scenarios. Another scenario is they might be a creative agency, let's say, and all their competitors are starting to get into programmatic as an offering. And so they want to keep up with the competition. And then also there are others who may feel that certain types of media um, that programmatic might provide uh, more efficiencies, less waste. So then these, so this group of newbies, if you will, yeah. they, what's important for them to look for? They're looking for a partner who can help them in this journey. Somebody who can say, okay, I want to understand your business. Let me learn about your business. Let me help make the best recommendations for you and your business. And perhaps it's a managed service, like because these guys don't have the resources maybe to be hands-on keyboard. So they want a partner who's going to kind of be an extension of their team, somebody who's really invested and helping them get into programmatic, understanding the rest of their business. That's really important. I don't know about you, but um, one of the most frustrating things in 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 this industry is learning about all these technologies, but then having somebody present their technology and their solution to you without understanding where you're coming from. So this is really important. Looking for a partner who wants to listen first, you know, they ask questions, they want to understand where you are and what you need so that and provide the best solutions for you. That's so important to remember. Um, yep. And I think that's one of the downfall of this whole industry. 
access to information and knowledge or education is streamlined via the technology or via you know the the company and for someone that has no idea that this is even existing it's hard for them to know where to start so i really appreciate when you say things like you know just look at what you're really trying to accomplish and start interviewing those partners based on what you want to what you want to do for your clients and i love mm-hmm. the fact that you recommended the managed service i don't know why but managed service is actually a great a great 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 solution for any clients whether you're even an agency whether you're an agency trading desk meaning that you're already trading and running campaigns on a day-to-day and you have a full team doing that managed service and having a partner that offers a managed service to me is almost like a cherry on the top because you're you're literally telling them like listen we have a flux of these campaigns we just need a couple months two to three to four months of breathing room so that you you don't over externate your um your people, right? So that's yeah. why most people in adopts, most people in unfortunately in buying and media buying, they average a two-year, um, a two-year life in their agency or at work because they get so stretched after a while and they feel burnt yeah. and then they're like, I'm gonna go work for the technology who's gonna take care of me. Um, mm-hmm. so you wanna assess this from day one. And so make sure you maximize that partnership. I actually have so many content out there that Jen, I have so many content out there talking about best way to look at your DSP partners, the type of question you want to ask the DSP partners. Um, yeah. What are four or five things you want to know from your DSPs or when you're first starting, these are the six, seven, 10 things you want to remember right. <laughs> when right. you're interviewing your partner before, for that reason, because it's, it's not impossible. It's not as intimidating as it sounds. And obviously you're in a position like this to better your client's relationship and you have the expert on the podcast going to tell us more about it so definitely definitely put your dsp to work put your dsp to work partner with them and put them to work like especially basis i had the pleasure of working with a basis team i think it was two quarters ago i don't remember and then it was my first time in a while you know the last time i was in there was central yeah but it was my first time being in basis and it was so cool Okay, I have 10 years, close to 10 years of media buying, media trading experience. And it was really cool to be able to have a project management tool instead of basis. It was really nice to have, um, like you have the the DMP, they have a really cool reporting dashboard, reporting portal um, within the DSP. I mean, it makes it really, 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 really convenient for you. So I, I don't know. I think like I wanted to make sure we highlight this part over again because I don't yep. know if they heard you like you got to be able to put them to work they're here to help you yeah absolutely and you know you brought up uh basis and sort of what we're trying to solve for but mm-hmm. two of the main things in this industry and you know basis is there to help customers wherever they are in the journey but really regardless of where you are there are so many complexities and regardless of what partner you work with, you want to have a partner that is going to invest in you and your success and one that you can grow with. So that's kind of where this second group comes in. And the second group are businesses that are already working in the digital space. They're already spending money in digital. And perhaps they have in-house search and social, but now they want to bring programmatic in-house. 
They want, and the reason why they're doing this is they want to solve for a few things. They want a greater transparency into their business. Sometimes when you partner with a third party, it's kind of this black box or you really don't know why they're doing things or what they're doing. So you want that transparency. You also want that control over your business. And you sometimes want to increase the speed at which things are done. Um, Some agencies just have to turn things around quickly and they don't want to be um, dependent on somebody else. So these are the main reasons that they want to bring something in. And they want to also understand the why. You know, when you partner with agency, they can give you um, Mm -hmm. a lot of information. But like bringing things in-house, you know, that's another thing they want to know why. And they want to be able to meet their own goals themselves without relying on somebody else. Um, so interesting that you mentioned the the black box because I was just working with a client in I think January or February. At this one I can't remember what day we are, but um, that particular client literally had that they experienced a really big growth in the last six months and they had to stop partnering, which was great. They partnered with a third party vendor, like you said, or another agency that was offering that. And then after a while, they realized, like, we literally have 12 of those partners to manage. How are we going to do it? Mm-hmm. So they hired me because I have a consulting firm. So they hire me to help them just find a good way to communicate between all of them and hire and train somebody internal that is going to focus on that partnership, uh, like that relationship between those partners. Um, but the reason why I wanted to, to, to mention this is because it is so common for a brand to reach out to me and say, I don't know about my media agency because I think they're white labeling here, 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 here. And so I think it's super important to look at your partners. It's okay to white label as long as the clients know has enough transparency in their campaign performance. I don't know, this is one of the many examples. Yeah. Um, so, and, and I think it's very interesting that you mentioned for the turnaround time because I did not read it it didn't click until you said it I think it's super interesting because indeed (laughs) when things are in internal it can move a little faster than via third party but it's also not a bad thing right because third parties are have those those timelines and usually if you have you had access I mean you hired them is because of their expertise so not turning things around as fast as maybe you want is not always a bad thing. I wanted to say no. that out loud for the, my poor my poor traders are going to be like, oh my gosh, here we go. No, it's not you're a bad absolutely thing, right. Remember, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, I was a planner, and we used to mm-hmm. have turnarounds, and you know, you know, I don't mean to say a phrase that probably you're going to cut out, but shit in, shit out. You know, <laughs> that's same. That's same. <laughs> yep. So sometimes, listen, you have to support the customer as best you can, but some customers just want that control. And part of that control can be that they control the speed, even though agencies do turn things around very quickly and they are experts. And when they say they may need another day or two, like listen to they them. What they're doing, and they don't want to send, trust me, they don't want to send you anything that isn't fully baked. Yeah. But again, it goes back to what customers are looking for. Um, yeah. 
So another reason why this sort of middle group is looking to bring things uh, programmatic in-house is also its growth. That's a new revenue stream potentially. Okay, so I'm going to take the next 30 seconds to let you know about the Reach Frequency, which is a course you have asked me for, okay? And I've spent a lot of time crafting every single lesson just for you. Why should you even consider? And then I'm already pretty aware of what's going on for my advertising. I love your podcast content. This is why I'm here. Cool. Great. But you may know somebody that really wants to learn about programmatic advertising and don't know where to start, right? Most likely you've received training via your current job or via a previous job, right? You work for an agency, you work for a partner or a vendor in the industry, and they provided uh, the, the training, right? Is that how you got here? Well, did you know that that's the, actually the only way to get training nowadays? Like if for any one of our friends in the digital marketing world, it's really hard for us to, for them to really learn anything if they don't know who, where, and, and, and really what to look for. So the Reach and Frequency course is geared for those people. It's going to take you from zero to 100, from fundamentals to how to run a successful programmatic media campaign, how to run a successful department if you wish to be a leader or lead a department in programmatic advertising. The Reach and Frequency course is for you. Okay, we talk about we talk about anything from fundamentals. We talk about anything from who are the key players in the industry. But the biggest thing is that I give you my recommendation, my feedback, my guides. I was a trader. I was a buyer for few for eight plus years, right? And I led teams, I led teams of buyers. So I'm really, really, really good when it comes to running a programmatic advertising strategy, implementing, executing, optimizing, and reporting on, and then selling some more. I'm really good at that. So yeah, you can probably get most of this training out there. Great. Don't only stop at with my course, continue training, because that's, that's, that's what it's all about, right? But what you won't get anywhere else and you'll get with me is all of that experience I've been able to gather, you've been able to implement. Like this is an interactive course for you to learn anything you should know about programmatic advertising, whether you're already working in it or you're trying to work in the industry. So check out the Reach and Frequency course brought to you by me, your very own programmatic coach. I'm very grateful for this experience that I've gone through the last two years and I'm here to teach you everything that I know. Check out reachandfrequency.live, reachandfrequency.live, and now back to the episode. That's good. Mm -hmm. I agree, growth, growth is important, especially a post-pandemic. Or I can't, are we for real in the post-pandemic at this point? I don't really know. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, I would like to believe that we are. <laughs> my husband and I just went somewhere and we're like, oh my gosh, we don't have masks. And I was like, hold up, yeah. homie, I have the mask in yeah. the glove compartment. Yeah. You're good. But then we came out with a mask and we're like, nobody, nobody's going to put no. a mask on. It's cool. No. We're not doing this anymore. <laughs> so it's just like a weird yeah. phase that we're in right now. I, I'm really yeah. cool pandemic as well i'm with you on that one yeah. as long as it's done safely and as long as yeah as long as it's done safely because our, our hospitals and our shout out yeah. to the first central workers out there we love you guys and appreciate you right. so we don't want we don't want to hurt anyone's feeling by saying can we get back to normal like it's still not right. normal for them right. so i just want to highlight that you are you're the goat like really thank you uh all right so we have one last um one last so going 
Okay, so going back to this group, so what's important for this middle group to like look uh-huh. we told them what, we discussed like why they want to bring things in I think with this group, the partnership is very important because Ooh, they get good. into programmatic and uh-huh. don't know how yet. So uh-huh. they want to be able to know how. So you need a partner that kind of has flexibility in their offering. So, yes, they can do managed services if need be, but they also have sort of a a runway or a training program or some sort of recommendation that will help you get from where you are, not hands-on keyboard, to hands-on keyboard. Mm -hmm. And that trust is really important because it's not only having them understand your business and what's important to you, but helping you become the master and the owner of all of that great information and strategy and know-how so that they can then take that and run with it. Yeah. And a great partner, a great strategic partnership is there to complement whatever you already are executing on and Mm -hmm. advising you. So a great partnership should not feel you know, a great partner is there to to cheer you on and say, hey, yep. this is great. Let's do this and even do that. And no, no, yep. no, 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 no. We're not going to do this because that's probably not the best solution at this time or it's not the best solution for what we're, we're trying to accomplish. So I love that. Right. I love that. Yeah, that's super I mean, uh, it's 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 true. Anybody you your customers only if your customers success results in your success. So I believe that. Every partner, whether it's a managed service partner, whether it's a training partner, whether it's just a tech partner, you know, whatever it is, you should do everything possible to ensure your customer is going to be successful mm-hmm. with you. Not just yeah. coming in and doing a one-stop shop kind of thing, but somebody where you're going to build a lasting relationship because you never know what that small partner with one client is going to turn into down the road. I like to say you never know when your next million dollar deal or million right. dollar is going to be. So you need to treat everybody first with kindness because that's apparently very, very not uncommon. And then secondly, <laughs> like, you know, that, that with makes a lot me of sad. Like, yeah, it's just so sad to say. I'm like, can you? Can we all just be kind? Like, this yeah. internet to be kind to each other. Um, but before, I actually have a follow up question because I think yeah. it's great. You can sense the charisma. And like your focus and really you'll want to help your customer because we want them to win. When they win, we win, right? So how do you make sure that that feeling is represented throughout your team? Because you're on the customer service team, so you're very client-facing. We just agree that some clients have demands that maybe take us out of character, not as, um, mm-hmm. not as, not as much, not assuming. But how do you make sure that your team is equipped and armed with everything they need so that they always not only remain truly authentic, but also charismatic, always wanted to learn, always wanted to not learn, but help their their client learn, educate their clients. Like how do you make sure? Because I can't imagine having like always being on your best. Like sometimes you have an off day, right? Like how do you address those with your team? That's such a good question, but I, my team, and anybody will tell you this who knows me or has worked with me, they're an extension mm-hmm. of my family. They are my family. 
Um, I am personally invested in every single person on my team, ensuring that they feel supported, that they have what they need to be successful. Because to your point, they're them feeling supported, appreciated, educated, you know, will Mm -hmm. directly result in them doing the same for their clients and customers. So sure, there are always going to be challenging situations and not everybody is equipped to answer or address every situation. So that's why having the support, whether it be myself, whether it be their manager, their director, somebody else in the organization, we are always there to ensure that we are going to have successful relationships and challenging situations, road bumps, issues. Listen, there are issues that come up all the time, regardless of what you're in. Is how you handle, how you first address, how you handle, and how you solve that issue, what is going to result in an improved relationship. I tell you, some of the best relationships we have with our customers are the ones where we sort of overcame something together mm-hmm. or we educated them on something that they maybe didn't know about before or helped them. You know, it's so exciting. The best part, um, one of the best parts is when we talk to new pro- new customers who are telling us, you know, we ask them, okay, what's your expectation with basis? What is it your needs or what are you hoping to achieve? You know, everybody has something different. Yeah. And I hear most, especially for this middle group that we talked about that we're just sort of finishing up with, is they want to be better to their clients. They want to be more proactive. They want to not always be so reactive. They want to know how to better service their customers to grow their business. I love hearing that. Yeah. You know, it's not just about churning, it's about really being proactive. And doing something special, unique, solving, partnering, you name it. Yeah. And, and you know, I think the underrated thing is this relationship. Yeah. Um, I, I think we we think that relationship needs to happen like this overnight. Like, oh, you signed, that's it. You're mine now. No, 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 no. no. Relationship is constant. It's almost like, I'm not going to say marriage. That would be bad. But <laughs> it's almost like a friendship and if you want your friendship to grow which marriage my, my husband is my best friend but if you yeah. want friendship to grow it's like an everyday thing and you got to accept um both parties authentically right and yep. so without trying to change them too much and i think that's one of the mistakes some agencies do not even only agencies i think most most people in this business do like trying to change the perspective to fit what we think is best instead of Mm -hmm. educating them to understand that we may do this and this, we might have to test, we might have to do this, you know? Um, So relationship is such an underrated thing. You hear it, you read it in all those articles out there. And yet I'm like, this is not how you're going to grow this relationship. (laughs) Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, You're spot on. It's it's about being transparent, authentic. If something doesn't turn out the way that a customer expected it, or you know, you need to work on a little bit of change management, that is necessary in order to get the to sort of be poised for growth, if you will. And I think having open and honest communication goes a long way. 
Mm, I like that. I like that. So let's talk about the the final group here. Yeah. Who are they? What should they know? And why should they know that? Well, this is the group. These businesses, they're already playing in the programmatic space. They are doctors, if you will, (laughs) on keyboard. They probably use multiple platforms. But what these guys are looking for is, A, the reason why they're looking for new technologies, new partners, new solutions is they want to keep up with the industry, the trends, and the offerings. They want to sort of be always on the cutting edge, if you will. Um, They have a passion for new technologies to offer their customers. Um, And they are also obsessed with performance. They're looking to see how any new capability, any new technology offering performs for them. And if there's something that will like, it's almost like an adrenaline junkie. Uh, um, It's people who are always seeking better performance, different kind of performance. And um, what's really important. We're going to say risk takers. Exactly. Exactly. And to your point, they're not afraid to take a risk because if that risk doesn't work out for them, it's really not a loss. It's actually a lesson learned and they can gain from it. And if it proves to be successful, well, it can leapfrog that. If, you know, sort of risk, no reward. Um, but what's really important to these guys, what they're looking for are unique inventory, access to PMPs. We hear a lot about PMPs, unique and uh, plentiful data partnerships and third-party integration. Um, they're also looking for efficiencies, whether it's templates, whether it's bulk editing, machine learning, any kind of automation that's going to allow them to do more with what they have. Uh, advanced reporting capabilities, even API access. You know, these guys are the the double diamond skier. <laughs> I love it. And I, I say because I'm going skiing next week. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm not a double diamond, but I wish I were. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I love it. I love it. Okay. So I like how you broke it out. And I appreciate that because it is super important to understand that there are options. There are solutions out there. Yeah. It doesn't matter which level you think you are or how intimidating mm-hmm. you are. What we, we should maybe mention is that there is always some level of investment whether you're starting, whether you're trying to upgrade or whether you are trying to take the next level. And so there's always going to be some level of investment. So now it's just who are you going to hire for that? How? Because you're already in need of it. You already know why. So who are you going to invest to help you with that? What? uh, That how? And um, I think I think, like I said, I really appreciated working in the, the basis platforms and I think the team is great. I mean, I know this is not a sponsored uh, episode from basis unless they want to, but it's not at the moment of recording that is. <laughs> but I, I really appreciated how detailed it was as a trader, um, how like how it was really easy to find the information that was needed. And mm-hmm. I love that project management tool of communication externally. Oh gosh, that is so helpful. It's like just imagine having your campaign and managing your campaign, and then you yep. have everybody's communication right there. Yep. And it's really nicely. Um, I'm not a designer, but it's really nicely designed. It's not over overwhelming. You literally drop down to see everybody's comments and questions. It's intuitive. Yeah. Oh, super intuitive. I mean, yep. I really, really love it. I really love it. 
I, yeah, the message center that you're talking about is a tool for any, you know, again, you talk about people who are just getting in versus people who've been in for a long time, allow them to look back and identify conversations that maybe happened uh, before when they weren't on the account so they can get up to speed quickly. So when somebody leaves, there's turnover. When somebody's out on vacation, maternity leave, whatever, we're just... Somebody new who wants to get up to speed quickly without having the customer like any, you know, dropping any balls, if you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's exactly how how it happened for me. Again, I come in and help most of the agency clients that I work with. And I was able Mm -hmm. to catch up on some of those accounts like, oh, this is what happened. Okay, I got it. Okay, Let's take over. Let me tell the trader. Let's train this trader, et cetera. So it's definitely a great thing. So we're going to, before we move into uh, the closing segment, actually like to ask this question before we even start a conversation, but I forgot, but I'm going to ask it now. Um, if you had to explain what programmatic media or programmatic advertising is to a 10-year-old or 8 to 10-year-old, what would you tell them? What would you tell my niece, Linda, who's nine? Programmatic advertising is automation of buying ads. The automating, the automate. Oh is the automating of buying ads. We worked in this industry so long, but I'm always yeah. like, it's, it's the autom- It's Yeah, it's yeah. when you, okay, yeah. It's tougher, but I always love to hear. It's the automation. It's the automation of buying digital media. I mean, mm-hmm. really. Yeah, yeah. Advertising on its own. Yeah, I love that. Um, I ask because, like I said, I always get questions like that. And I, oh, most of the time I can handle the questions. And then yeah. there's always small 10 person that just looks at me and nod smile and I'm like yeah. ah, you didn't get it did you did you not get okay it's okay well, we'll try it yeah. tomorrow that's a great one <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's definitely interesting but all right let's get into the closing segment Ooh. where I like to ask some fun questions so okay I know you already mentioned you ski but yeah. give us another fun facts about yourself okay so a few facts okay um, am a crazy and when I say crazy I don't get offended I'm a great morning person okay I have this routine and it's a little nuts but it's just how I operate I am a morning person I am best in the morning I am that person that gets up and is like at a hundred percent and people are like oh my god please just stop so you're you're preaching to the choir that's how I am I'm very morning. I'm morning. So what's your morning routine? I want to know now. So I get up at 430. Okay. Um, Let the dogs out. I, so we have a, you know, I work out downstairs in our basement. So I go down and work out from like 450 to 550. Um, Um, My fiance gets up at like 556 o'clock. So uh to work out, I go upstairs, I shower, and then I actually go back to sleep for like an hour. Oh, really? Why? I, you know, it's like, it's almost like a treat. And I know this sounds crazy. I'll get no, 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 no. out and then I'll shower and I'll just have time to like decompress before. Mm. So like, I don't know. I just, I've always been doing that. Not an hour. Sometimes it's 15 minutes. Sometimes it's a half an hour, depending on what time my first meeting is. But I just need that downtime. Um, so that's another fun fact. Last, um, I grew up in a city. I grew up in New York City. I always lived in an apartment until 
Um, I moved in with my fiance. We uh-huh. live in the suburbs of Chicago. Okay. I in a house before. So okay. like, I am not good in the house by myself. I have the <laughs> lights on. I have, you know, the <laughs> next to me. Um, yeah. I also have this new obsession with skunks. You know, in the city. Oh, like the animal? I know. This, yes. I have. Okay. And skunks spray dogs. And oh. it, it's just, I don't know. So every morning I wake up, I look at our camera to see if a skunk has walked by our driveway. I know that sounds crazy. I'm like, oh, there was a skunk last night or whatever. I'm just <laughs> obsessed with it. And yeah. I hope, like, I know it sounds crazy, but that's like suburban living. <laughs> that is so funny because my husband has, I think he it's a small obsession uh-huh. over like, like his security cameras. He has them everywhere. Yep. Just for safety <laughs> reasons. I, when he became a, a first time dad, like we only had yeah. one child together. And he just went like all like protective every yeah. day. Let's be yeah. bubbled wrapped. I'm like, sir, no, we're not gonna do that. So we we did end up doing the bubble wrap, but he did add all the security cameras. Yep. And like he'll randomly all he randomly just has to look, see him just look at he, these cameras. And I'm like, who's yeah. outside? He's like, midnight. Who do you think is just gonna walk by? Like nothing. <laughs> I think he's well, just you like, can look the next day and see what I yeah 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 was. yeah. When you say that you're looking at them in the morning, it just makes I am. Sense. He loves doing yeah. that stuff. He yeah. loves doing and that stuff. I take a screenshot of the stuff uh-huh. <laughs> and I send it to my fiance and I say, Look, at <laughs> you see, you see, you see what happened yeah. last night. He's <laughs> like, I don't have time for you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like him and I, your fiance and me, would get along really, really well. <laughs> sometimes he'll send me two three minutes and he'll be like look how crazy your neighbors are and it's just like a simple neighbor who's just chasing his dog because i don't know something happened you know like dogs go down i'm like this is happening everywhere in this world like this is not crazy he's like oh okay whatever and he'll walk off like stupid thing um but i did hear you know going back to uh, taking a nap a power nap i did hear that a lot of very successful people do take power naps during the day Yours is very much earlier, um, but like I've always, we always joke to my dad. Um, he will come home, eat lunch, and then take a power nap. Twenty minutes. That's uh-huh. it. Get up. That's what they say you need. Yeah. And we used to be like, "There's no way you can get rest in the, in the twenty minutes." And I took a twenty-minute nap this morning. Uh-huh. I did the same thing. I woke up. I woke up really early too, either three thirty or four or four in the morning. I'll meditate and oop, my camera just shut off. It's okay. I'll meditate or I'll, I'll I'll pray or I'll do something else. And then at six, I just felt so sleepy and I was like, "There's no way, I'm not going to be no, I'm not going to set myself up." And then she, my daughter woke up and I went to um, I just brought her to bed. I was like, "I think that's just God telling me I need to go to bed right now." <laughs> <laughs> For about thirty minutes, so it was, it was nice. So now I'm just gonna listen to my body and just take naps. That's what she's trying to yeah. tell. Y'all listening to us, you gotta you gotta take your nap. Right. Well, especially you, you have a young child. Like it's a lot of energy that goes into that. There's no easy task. Well, you know, you have a child and you're working, like we everybody needs their rest. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh I, I'm a big fan of naps now. And now I'm I'm gonna listen to my body for sure. I might even do like my dad literally, he used to block his calendar. It'd be like 
Well, back in the days, they didn't have black calendar like that, but he used to right. come home and not pick up his phone. He'll he'll left he'll leave his cell phone in the front, and of course, we didn't have any we didn't have any phone in his in his bedroom. Um, but okay, so last question before we end the podcast: yeah. If you had to give yourself a an advice that you something you learn now, no, something you learned then that you wish you knew now. Like, what would you tell your freshman self for when you first started in the industry? Something that could help her, you know, maybe not make the same mistakes or maybe grow faster or help somebody else in need. Like, what would be that one thing you would tell them? I think one of the things, one of the best things that I've learned being a manager is, or just in general, which I think can be applied to everybody is just because you hear something doesn't necessarily mean that it is. Like, there's always two sides to every story. So before you come to your own story, your own judgment, make sure you listen to all aspects because the truth is usually somewhere in between. Yeah, isn't it? They say there's always... there's side, her side, her side, and the truth. Her side and the truth right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it does. I think that's a great, great, to right. end, uh, great way to end the podcast. Thank you so much for dropping by. This was fantastic. We appreciate. Ellen, thank you. It, I you love know, the opportunity. Thank you. You, you're welcome. You're very welcome. Um, if nobody told you today, thank you for being you. This information, I think, is going to help so many people. I think it's so needed. I hope so. I think that we don't get to talk about this type of information too much because it's not supposed to, like, sh- you know. But no, I feel like we have to be as transparent and we have to be as open-minded as possible and also share yep. share the knowledge. So I love what you just shared today. So thank you so much for being you, for being thank here. You. We'll have you back on the pod. And um, yeah, oh, if anybody wants to reach out to you for follow-up questions, for any opportunities, what, what, how can they do that? They are more than welcome to email me at jennifer.chain at basis.net. Perfect. And her information would be on all of the show notes, the description, and you'll see it on our social media as well. So thank you so much and have a wonderful thank day. Thank you. You too. You take it easy. Appreciate it. <laughs>